Hello and welcome to another edition of the Tigers Down Under. I'm your host as always, Alex, and with me this week I have Brad. How are you, Brad? Good, mate. Thanks for having me. No worries. Yeah, look, it's been a uh, pretty exciting week, for, uh, for which makes a nice change, I guess. It's been um, a little bit up and down for the last few weeks as a City supporter, um, but a great win this morning to get us back on track and some great uh, breakthroughs in the transfer window as well. Um, but we'll start with the weekend's game, which was the game against Blackpool, um, the 1-1 draw, where uh, for 60, 70 minutes of the game, it really looked like we were going to come away with the three points and uh, really looked like um, it was maybe a first positive step uh, back in the right direction for City. Um, but unfortunately, um, a late red card for Burke and then a, a late uh, equaliser for Blackpool as well meant that we walked away with a point in that one. But... Um, Blackpool beat us back in uh, December, I think, or November. Um, Difficult opponent. Um, How did you see this one? Were you happy just to get a point out of this one? Yeah, I think you're pretty happy to to be able to get a point at a time where uh, you're probably up against a a bit of a nemesis in a way. I mean, Blackpool certainly haven't um, done us any favours over the years and probably weren't about to. I think probably we, you know, Six games, seven games into the season, we're of the opinion that we should be beating everyone. And then obviously with that form slip that we had in recent months meant that, you know, getting a point was pretty crucial. I mean, it's not to say that I still think it wasn't two extra points lost, uh, but in the scheme of things, going down to 10 men as well certainly doesn't help. Yeah, definitely. Um, with the with the red card for Burke, do you think he... Oh, it's a really tough one because I think at 1-0, um, you probably think, yeah, he's made the right call to take the red card because um, it sort of denied a pretty pretty clear goal for, for Blackpool. Um, but I guess – and look, and look, and then we made the sub straight away as well. So I think Jones came on straight away. So it wasn't as if we were playing a man down in defence. Um, but unfortunately, they were still able to get the equaliser. So, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty. I guess maybe you say, Black, uh, you know, Burke shouldn't have taken, taken the um, red card and – you know, we concede the goal, but we still have eleven men on the pit to push for a winner. Um, did you do? Do you think he made the right call going in for that challenge? I uh, looked. I think you'd have to back him that, at the spur of the moment, he did what you would expect him to do most of the time. Um, and I think your point's pretty valid. We really should have already had the game sewn up by that point yeah. anyway. So, should he have done it? Well, obviously the answer is no. But I think in hindsight, you know. 99% of the time he's doing the same thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and look, I guess a bright spark out of this game, other than um, Wilkes getting on the score sheet again, was um, the debut for White on loan from Cardiff. Looked really bright, if I can say bright. Uh, yeah. White was bright. <laughs> um, and look, you know, he's really he's really stepped into Adelican's shoes really well, I think. And um, arguably, look, we've only seen him for two games so far, but arguably looks a bit more of a spark than Adelican was and looks a bit more creative, which is exciting. Yeah, I think probably the key thing is, like you said, he's creative. Um, he's going to get measured, obviously, by the end result every week. You know, does he score? Does he create? But as we talked, you know, not to steal the thunder from other discussions today, but we talked 
a good month ago that when the form slump was on, we'd lost that creative spark and Honeyman was out and all these sorts of things, whereas it's quite clear with some of that spark, we start getting back to that game plan we want to play. Um, yeah. And although I don't think he played the whole game against Blackpool, he did enough in that 75 minutes or whatever it was that he was on to say he, he, he could be a pretty handy squad player at worst for us. Yeah, definitely. Uh, look, and it's going to be interesting um, to see what happens come the end of the season with some of these guys we have on loan to see um, how, how they pan out. But I think, look, he's, he's, he's had a really great start to his City career. Um, we'll talk about the Accrington game in a second. But um, just to give my my sort of three best on ground votes for this one, um, I'll go with, look, it, it's a tough one in a game like this. I don't think anyone particularly stood out, but I guess I'll, I'll go with Wilkes for the three just because he did get on the score sheet. Um, I think, uh, you know, look, he's an interesting one. I think he he's a selfish player, but... For a striker, that's essentially what you want. You want your strikers to take their chances and to shoot on sight and to try and take those opportunities. So I don't really fault him as much for that selfishness as I think some do. Um, I think I think he had a great game. He got on the score sheet, and that's what you want for your striker, um, which I guess is essentially the way he, the position he was playing. Um, I'll give the two to White. I think on debut, he looked really good, um, was creating a lot of chances, as we've just said. Um, and, he, and he's kind of slotted in seamlessly into a side that he's presumably only had a couple of training sessions with at, at that stage. Um, and then I'll give the one to, to Smallwood. I thought he was, um, he probably just edged um, Honeyman for me in midfield in terms of um, his play and, and his control of that midfield. So um, that's probably my three votes for the game. Um, what were your thoughts on that, Brad? Yeah, no, I'd agree. Wilkes did, definitely getting the three, did exactly what he's supposed to do, got in the right places and probably... To be fair, probably should have, should have should have or could have scored two or three himself. Um, White, Smallwood, either way, two or one. I think he could probably, and I agree with you. The Honeyman, you know, it, it showed a little bit there for a period of about twenty odd minutes when we were really hammering them, or looked like we were the better side. I would say um, his control and just the way he adjusted the tempo was perfect. Um, and again, he would say that it wasn't his greatest game, but at times there he looked like he was just a class above anyone in the midfield. So, um, yeah, I'd agree with the three-two-one that you had. Fair enough. We've also got uh, Charlie in the chat saying free Callum Jones. I guess Callum Jones is a bit of a forgotten man at the moment. Um, earlier in the season, during the cup games, he was um, starting to look really promising and getting a decent run in the side. So. Um, you know, sort of w whether he, he's one to watch for next season and whether he can and sort of push into the side a little bit more. Um, I guess it's interesting with some of the players that we've brought in both permanently and on loan, uh, it doesn't leave a lot of scope for, for Jones to get much game time, but, uh, you know, certainly was promising at the start of the season. Um, but, but look, talking about these new signings, um, the game this morning against Akring and Stanley really gave all three of them really a chance to, to, to shine and to, to show what they've got. Um, with Flores, uh, Crowley and uh, White all getting a chance to play. Um, particularly once Akrikan went down to, to 10 men, um, I just thought really we should have put the foot to the throat and really got a few more goals out of the game. And, um, you know, similar similar sort of comment to the Blackpool game. I, I guess it's, it's frustrating that we're not taking our chances um, as much as we should, but as the commentary team sort of suggested, I, I'm, I think we're either the top scorers in the division or, or very close to it. So it, it's sort of remarkable that 
given given that statistic, we're, we're sitting here sort of bemoaning the the missed chances and the lack of um, goals in some games that we we're sort of experiencing. That that we're still sort of um, essentially the best side in the division. I agree, mate. And look, probably the only difference for me with the, with the Blackpool game the other night is we probably dominated in patches and sort of. Uh, I mean, statistically, Blackpool didn't really get close for most of the night. That's the honest truth. But in this game, you know, looking at the Accrington game, um, we're really looking at the fact that we just peppered. And it's nice to actually say, hey, we should have scored more or we should be converting better because it clearly means we had a lot more shots than we have in recent weeks. And and I'd, I'd say probably even just on a highlights package, we surely must have come close at least double the amount of times we did against Blackpool. Yeah, I think I heard the statistic that we it was it was yeah one of the games with the most chances that we've had this season. So um, really a, a good display even before the red card, even when it was eleven v eleven, we were still creating a lot of chances. And um, you know White's goal came from um, where Wilkes probably fluffing a chance that he should have scored himself. But the Wilkes goal coming from a fantastic, um, a fantastic assist from from KLP, who, you know, we'll talk more specifically about the contract extension in a little bit. But um, seeing him back in the starting eleven, not only for the supporters, but must have given the players a huge lift as well, because we just look such a sharper side when he's on the field, and and to have him on from the start for a change uh, was, was great to see. Oh, I agree, mate. And then you start thinking about all these pieces coming back into play. I mean, clearly KLP was awesome. Um, Honeyman doing exactly what he should. We, we're starting to get to that point where if we've got our best eight to ten out there, we actually look the side we expect to be. Um, yeah. And that's probably still the biggest difference. If you look at, uh, I mean, White had a fantastic game again um, and probably by rights was well, I won't say the best player because I think KLP's got to get the kudos for going through what he's been through, coming back into the team, performing like that was just exactly what I think most of us expected. Yeah, well, yeah, but I, I'm just amazed that he's, what, 19, 20 and has that maturity where, I, you know, I saw the post-match conversation with him where he was sort of asked on how it felt to be back in the starting 11 and then also to talk about the goal and he sort of brushed off the question about, being back in the 11 when, you know, a lesser man could have sort of used it as an opportunity to to sulk a little bit or to say, you know, yeah, it's about time or, or anything like that. Um, he, he just sort of brushed it off and said, you know, yeah, look, it's great to be playing. And uh, it was funny that when he, um, when he re-signed or when it was announced that he was signing the uh, extended contract, and I think it was Brandon Fleming tweeted out uh, the clip from uh, Sky Sports News on uh, the deadline day where we signed Benafa, the army, Hernandez, um, that sort of group of players. And it was where the reporter had come out to the training ground to announce that the Alums had bought everyone pizza. And and there was a very, very young KLP standing next to him, which um, made me feel very old. But, uh, you know, look, he clearly loves the club. He, he clearly loves staying here and playing. And, um, you know, it's, it, it's really sad that it took as much as it did to get that contract signed. But at the same time, it, it's still great to see that, that he's, at the club, he's committed to the club. Um, we've got him tied down to a longer deal, which is great from both our perspective, if there was a bigger club to come in for him, but also from his perspective, it must be good to have that security that he knows he's he's got two or three years 
um, committed to the club and can just focus on playing his football. Um, and he and he looked like he really enjoyed himself out there. And um, and and you know, it was it was a great great game from him um, back in the eleven. Um, as you say, I mean, look, he's probably probably going to walk away with best best on field honors, um, despite not being amongst the goals, which is very good to see as well. I 100% agree with you. And the one thing that I, that still rings true with these sorts of, not just signings, but forgetting all the hoo-ha of what's happened, the guy signed, he's committed to us, and we all know that he's better than this league. And that's what yeah. we've got to treat, keep trying to make sure that every signing isn't just, okay, you're going to fill a hole till the end of the year to try and get us promoted. It's, hey, this guy is better than this league and he knows what to do to get us out of it. Um, and we still forget that, you know, KLP's played, I think, still more games in the championship than in League One yeah. and held his own in that league as well. No, maybe not in our best 11 all the time, but very close to it. So we need to be able to say, hey, this is a really good thing for the rest of the squad to see this young man who can do anything, go anywhere, say, I'm staying, I'm playing. And like you said, really good head on his shoulders for a, 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 such a young fella. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and look, just because we'll, we'll move on and, and talk about KLP in a second, but just as, as a quick one as well, um, I guess the other talking point was um, Coyle got his spot at right back over Emmanuel, which uh, was a little bit of um, uh, talk on social media during the week on, on Twitter about whether Coyle should get the place in the 11 over Emmanuel. Um, and look, I thought Coyle had a fantastic game. Um, I actually found it really interesting that late in the game, Emmanuel came on as, as essentially a right winger. Um, so got that chance to just sort of express himself going forward. And, and I'm sort of wondering if that's McCann sort of starting to experiment a little bit with ways to get them both in the 11 just to um, just to give them both a bit of game time. Look, no, I agree, <laughs> mate. I, I think actually, and I hope I'm right, but I'm going to go on a limb here. I actually think McGann decided to make that mix up because he was very happy with how settled the rest of the side was. Um, and we look now, this is the first time for a while we've had KLP, we've had Honeyman, we've had obviously White coming in. This squad is starting to get back to its, well, not peak form, but you know, the peak squad that we want. You know, that fighting for those last couple of places. If no one's an automatic start other than maybe two or three. Um, and maybe he thought this is the chance to say, all right, if there's a chance I can take uh, midweek, um, with still my star players all playing together, is the time to, to give it a crack. And we know Coyle's a good player. It's still a surprise to me that this was the way that we went with it. But we've still got to remember that we've actually got a pretty decent squad that yep. should be able to compete against anyone in this league, bar maybe one club or two clubs. Yep. So, Well, we had Jones at centre-back as well with Burke out suspended, um, and he yeah. looked great. Yeah, so I, I actually like the idea of the fact that if you're going to try it, you still play your best players in your best spot. But some of those other guys that need a run or we've got to manage the squad a bit better, now's the time to try and do it without compromising the whole game plan. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I'll grab your 3 two, one for the MVPs and then I'll offer mine after. Uh, look, I think oh, look, we all love him. So I'm going for KLP for three. Um, I think probably for me, I, I did feel that, Probably, I'm, I'm a bit of a fan of Greaves, so I'm going to slot him in for two. I think any night that we can score three uh, and don't concede shows that, you know, it's not just about the attacking side of it, but I think Greaves would still 
pretty pretty solid again. Not to mention he he did seem to be really keen to get involved. I know he's not a slouch, but yeah. he really wanted to get up the pitch a bit and really get into things. So I think that helped create a lot. I feel like there's a goal coming for him. He's um, He's been getting awfully close for the last uh, even six weeks, really. He's had a few really decent um, headed chances. So I feel like there's a goal in it for him um, pretty soon. And I think probably I'm going to give the I'm going to give the last one to White, and that's only because when he he took the chance, he did exactly what he needed to do, and um, I think probably overall that's when we sort of probably feel like the game was done. Yeah, no, I, I agree. And look, I'll, I'll give pretty similar votes. I'll probably go KLP for the three as well. Um, and then I'll just flip White and Greaves. I think White was tremendous again. He's, he's off to a great start in his City career. Uh, I thought he looked fantastic. Um, and then I'll give Greaves the one. But I'll also give um, Elder a shout-out, who's kind of been forgotten a little bit. He, he's come back into the side um, and replaced Fleming. And I think he's been um, fantastic at left-back as well. And um, just sort of... He's one of those guys that sort of just goes about his business and doesn't get a lot of plaudits, but um, is just solid week in and week out, which is um, which is great to see. Agree, and and probably just on that, he seems to fit that formation perfectly. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Um, well, I mean, we've already sort of touched on them, but um, just moving on to to the off field discussion and uh, and transfer news, and we have signed both. Uh, uh, well, we've signed White and Crowley on loan deals, and we've signed Jordan Flores on a permanent. We sort of uh, touched on the Flores deal uh, uh, on the podcast last week. I don't think White had joined at that point. Uh, actually, no, he must have joined at that point because he played against Blackpool. Um, but Crowley coming in from Birmingham. Um, I think it sort of been confirmed, but was announced by the club um, just past the weekend. Um, and look, I th- I think he's in the last six months of his deal, so I think there's an option in the in the loan that we can sign him on a permanent um, at the end of the season, potentially uh, on the proviso that we go up. But from everything I've heard about him, and, and then watching him play against um, Accrington, uh, looks a terrific little player in um, that sort of advanced midfield role. Definitely, and I think probably, again, we saw that vulnerability when Honeyman was out, and yeah. again, they're not the same type of player, I know that, but he could certainly do a big job in this squad um, because he's clearly got the talent and he clearly doesn't mind getting stuck in and showing what he's about. Um, I think he's a great signing, and again, someone that's already got that experience at a decent level um, and is very keen to to sort of maybe, I don't know, not resurrect their career, but really take advantage of where we are and maybe the chance to be going up divisions with us. It sort of shows yeah. a real promotion feel to it. Um, so I think he's a great, not to mention he's young. We're not out signing a late 29, 30, 31-year-old to try and become another honeyman. We've actually got almost somewhat of an understudy. Yeah, yeah. Um, so any time that... He can slot in like that. I think is going to be really valuable. Yeah, and look, it's great. It, it gives us a lot of options in that midfield. I think late in the game we had um, Slater came on as well, so we almost completely refreshed that midfield. And um, you've got to feel a little bit for for Dan Batty, and and I kind of wonder what his place in the side looks like now because he's sort of slipping down the ranks a little bit. But uh, it, it just means that the side's getting stronger, and and the competition even to get on the bench is particularly fierce at the moment. 
Um, and and especially now as well with the great news that the KLP signed a new deal and, and is back in the starting 11. So we've sort of already touched on it in, in talking about the um, Accrington game, but just what, just what does it mean for the squad, do you think, just to have that sort of um, unrest or, or um, distraction put behind us? Um, look, I mean, everyone will talk it down, but I think there's no coincidence that really we hit this bad patch at the same time as this was all going on. I mean, if you think about it as a player, you're only human. Probably one of the best players in the squad is basically a favourite son to some extent, can't agree terms with a club that's supposedly on the up at a time that, you know, tell me where any sort of young player like that isn't just snapped up quick. I'm not saying you just cave into all demands, but you just get it done quick and you move on. Mm-hmm. And again, without targeting the alums, because we're just going to keep talking about the same thing over and over and over again, but it just shows how piss poor the management is when you've got such red-hot property that you're basically letting it get to the point where the fans are telling you, hey, what's going on? It's just the same thing over and over again. Um, even if we end up paying a bit of over odds to keep him or whatever that contract actually has, you know, who cares? He's our best chance to get up. He's our best chance to stay up when we do go up and really keep attracting the right type of player to the squad. So if you end up paying over odds... I'm pretty sure we've paid over odds for a lot of players that are far worse than him as far as impact goes. Um, so what I think that does is, to answer your point, is it probably sends a bit of a message to anyone in the, well, first 14 or 15, that do the club really care about me if I'm not necessarily the star player? And even then, he is a star player. Yeah. So yeah. I think if you or I were sitting in that changing room and watching him not playing because of a standoff, you'd be wondering if you're in the right place and surely it's got to have a bearing. If not on match day, surely around the training ground and those sorts of things. He's got mates there. Some of them are very chummy. They're all going to have a feeling about certain things. Are you questioning what the manager's now telling you? Um, does the manager have the balls to stand up to the owners? All these sorts of things start playing with your mind a bit. Um, now it can be put to bed and there is now no excuse. No, definitely. And look, he is our, our player of uh, will play a review of the week. Um, and, you know, as you said, I mean, he's made more appearances in the championship than League One. I mean, granted, he's, he's started more games in League One than the championship. But um, we only have to think, funnily, you know, talking about Crowley coming in from Birmingham, um, that 3-0 win we had against Birmingham last season, KLP scores the, uh, well, not the winner, but he scores the third goal um, in front of the home crowd on his home debut at the championship in the championship and, and it's a it's a really well taken goal and, and he's shown that he can he can perform at that higher level um i i sort of i think back to last season and 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 he was sort of in and around the squad and and we still had jared bowen at that point who was sort of the star man that season but klp was sort of lurking on the fringes as very much sort of the next jared bowen in waiting and this season he's really taken that next step and become that main man in the side and as we're sort of saying, him signing that new deal, coming back into the eleven, it's it's no coincidence that we've got the three 0 win against Accrington. You know, sort of first off, um, first off the rank after after he signs that deal. Um, so seven goals scored already in the league uh, in forty appearances is fantastic for him as a, an 18, 19 year old kid, um, and he's just going to be a, a star that continues to rise. Um, and look, you know, I mean, it's one of those things where if or, or when we get promoted. 
um, he's one of those players who you're absolutely confident can take that next step with the squad in the championship. Uh, I agree, mate. And, and the one thing, you know, I don't like comparing players, but when we've ever had success at the club, we've always had what you call that smaller forward, don't like to say striker, but creative forward. Um, and it's almost just as important as having someone who can score is having someone who can sit in and do all the hard work up front with pace and composure and all that. I mean, again, like I said, I'm not trying to compare, but there's a lot of Fraser Campbell about him. Yep. He's happy to stop on the ball. He's ha- I mean, his assist, some, some of them, not just his assist, but his goal scoring shit has been spot on. Like he, he, some of it's training ground stuff. Um, and I still think the fact that we've got him not necessarily banging in multiple goals on a weekly basis, but still being one of our favourite players and creating reminds me a lot of that um, first season when they got promoted with Fraser Campbell and Windass, is that Fraser Campbell was the heart and soul of that front half for and, and no coincidence to the run that we had. Yeah, no, definitely. And, and um, look, we were sort of, Ant and I were sort of saying last week on the podcast that uh, the question of, of whether we'll get promoted, whether we have that sense that we'll get promoted. And, and like you said, we sort of started the season after the first nine or 10 games thinking, you know, we really should be getting promoted. We should be beating every side in this division. And, and that sort of fell away a little bit as results didn't go our way. But um, it, it felt like, we were sort of saying last week, it feels like if we get to the end of January and take stock of where we're at, if we sort of use this game, this this win against Accrington as a, as a sort of springboard into this next three, four games, we've got Portsmouth, we've got Accrington again, and um, we've got a few other sides. We've got a you know postponed game against Lincoln coming up as well. Um, there's a real opportunity. And, you know, look, we're first in the table. It's it's sort of remarkable that we've had this huge form slump. We've, we've you know, sort of been, been moaning about the lack of goals or, or the chances that we've missed, moaning about, you know, I think it was one win in seven before this game. Um, and yet, that win against Accrington just took us back to the top of the table. So it, it shows, I guess, how far ahead we could be if we hadn't had that slump. But it's also, I guess it's also just realistic. It's just no side is going to go through a, a, a season perfectly. Every side is going to have their little blips. And it's whether we come out of it the other side and go back on a big winning run that we'll see whether we, we go up automatically or not. Uh, exactly. And, I mean, you nailed it. We're sitting there sort of bemoaning the month that we had and how horrible it was. And yet after just what, a win and a draw, we're back up. Sure, I think we've still got a game over Portsmouth. Or, or, yeah. Uh, who else is up there? Is it Doncaster as well? We, we're, we're still a game ahead of them. Yeah. But they've got to do it. Yeah. And Portsmouth are going to have to do it against us. Uh, yeah, no. What am I looking at? League One table. Yeah, so we've got we've got twenty two games played. Um, we yeah. So so Portsmouth Portsmouth uh, on twenty one games played. It's every everyone's around about the same number of games played as us. It's it's down at Charlton and Crew where they've got the twenty three games played. The one more than us, but but you're right. I mean Link, Lincoln Lincoln Portsmouth uh, Doncaster Peterborough have all got. Um, a game in hand on us, which makes it a bit interesting. But, um, yeah, Portsmouth have the game against us. Lincoln have the game against us as well. So there's a big opportunity for us in those sorts of six-pointer games that we we sort of take away that advantage of that game in hand for them if we can 
um, get the three points against them, which, you know, is, is a good segue. We'll, we'll move on there and, and talk about that Portsmouth game, which is coming up uh, this weekend. Um, we, we only lost to them 2-0 back in December, so not too long ago. Um, and I think they last lost to Blackpool, which is at the start of December. So they've been on a really strong run of form. And I, I guess that sort of underlines the point we're saying, which is we've been in poor form and yet we're still ahead of Portsmouth in the table. So um, the fact that our form is still strong enough or our form earlier in the season was strong enough to sort of hold these sides at bay and get us through this slump, it, it means that we've now hopefully come out the other side of it and can sort of kick away again. Yeah, and, and look, uh, I'll confess that I, I didn't watch the Portsmouth game. I've only watched the highlights, but I was lucky enough to be on with you to do the review of that last game that we lost to them. And I mentioned then that I got a nice text from a Portsmouth supporter uh, in the wee small hours of the morning because um, I think, if I remember, it was a Friday night game. It was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, he even admitted that both teams were just rubbish. Uh, yeah. And... It could easily have been us beating them 2-0. And I think if I remember, was it, we scored at least one own goal? I think they were both own goals from memory. Yeah. Or, uh, I th- yeah, yeah, that's right. That was the game where I think the Genest actually did the, uh, the, the, double, the double touch for the own goal. And then I think uh, yes. I can't remember who the other own goal was. Was it Burke? No, it was it was Greaves at the start of the game. That's right. That, that, that was more the unlucky right. own goal, I think, where... The Portsmouth player basically took off his head by kicking it into him, and it went down as an own goal. But uh, yes. yeah, it was a pretty, pretty unfortunate one. Yeah. Well, he, he basically said something along the lines of, "You scored for us. That was the difference." Um, yeah. Yeah. So, and I also think, like you said, for us to have a uh, let's just say a poor form run and still be ahead of them shows a lot about maybe their depth or, or their position overall. I mean, I do think uh, when we played them, I think they might have been. I was just going to check, actually. Have you still got the league table in front of you? I think they had one of the best defences yeah. in the league. Yeah. So this is the one that probably is mm. much a measuring stick as anything because um, are we playing, we're playing them away, aren't we? Uh, yes, I believe so. Let's just have a look. Yeah, we would be. Yep. So this is the test in a way to say, look, even if it's only 1-0, if we can go to the team that's got the best defence and stuff on 1-0 at home, uh, then we deserve to be where we are. And it's not to say we have to beat them, should beat them. I would say that it's going to be a pretty tough ask anyway, but this is where we can put our foot down and say, hey, we are the best team in the comp. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I'm not actually sure. I should I should check on it, but I'm not sure if Burke is available for this one. I, I think maybe because it's a, I, I know I know it's a straight red card, but I think because it was a um, like it was like a a footballing challenge. It wasn't like a an act of violence or anything like that. I think it's just a one game suspension. But in saying that, I thought Alfie Jones was was great uh, this morning. I, I'd say that he's done enough to at least hold his spot for this game. Um, I, and I guess the other ones maybe coil it right back, whether you bring back a manual. Um, but otherwise, I'd be more than happy just to, to take the same 11 into this game. Oh, look, I think you're right. It'll only come down to fitness and how everyone's pulled up. Um, I did sort of think a little bit about uh, some of the substitutions that were made, look like they were made on the basis of what's going to happen on the weekend. So, um, 
I would think you're right. I'd be surprised if that side's going to change very much at all. Yeah, and look, I mean, I guess thinking about it, maybe you throw Crawley in just to sort of give him that um, that taste from the start. Um, I, I'd heard suggestions that he, he's one that you could sort of play up top almost, um, whether he now becomes sort of a rotation option with with Wilkes, White and KLP as well. Um, I, I almost think, I mean, I know I saw McCann sort of saying that he's, um, he's, he's doubtful that we'll be able to bring in another striker in this window, but I almost think that we're better placed having, uh, you know, that sort of fluid front three where, you know, any of KLP, Wilkes, White, Crawley, any of those guys could could sort of rotate through in, into that forward position or, or out wide, um, and it makes us much more unpredictable for the opposition. Yeah, and, and I think you're probably right. Bringing another striker in may not even be necessary. I mean, the one benefit we've got with this multiple substitutions is that we are keeping enough guys in touch. Yeah. And uh, certainly, you know, we, we know that, that, that Crowley... Uh, looks okay, Magenis has looked okay. All these guys that are coming on can fill a spot. I still think it's that Honeyman midfield control mechanism that's still going to be our driver. So we just probably need to look after Honeyman a bit bit more. But at the moment, I mean, he, he only played two-thirds of the match the other night, so he should be ready to fire by Saturday anyway. Absolutely. And what, what's your sense going into this game? Do you do you think we'll um, we'll get the win against them? We'll get revenge for the for the last game? Do you think it's more one where we'll just be happy to take the draw and kind of keep that buffer with them? Or, or how do you see it? Um, it's going to actually be really interesting because I think we'll open them up. I actually think that I know defensively and we talked about how they're the best in the league as far as goals conceded goes, but... I actually think if you look at their form guide, okay, they beat um, uh, who did they beat yesterday? Uh, Wimbledon. They beat, yeah, right. Um, and we know Wimbledon have really got their own battles, um, yeah. so I don't think you can take a lot out of that. But also, I just have this feeling that we probably let them off the hook last time because we scored for them, and I still think that night, whilst the game might have been poor defensively, we probably looked better. It's just the fact that if you take a couple of those goals off us that night and maybe one or two games we've lacked a bit, we'd also have probably the best defence in the league. So um, I think the key for us is to be able to get one early and just make them try and play a bit more aggressively or counter. That means we can open them up a bit. But I, I actually feel pretty good about this. I reckon with KLP back, we're running at pretty much full strength. Um, there's a lot to like about even... I hate to say it, the fact that we got a point against Blackpool and we're disappointed. Um, I still think there's a lot in it that says the league's going to be pretty tough, but we've got a better squad than anyone. Yeah, look, I'm right there with you. I'm pretty confident going into this one. I think especially with, you know, essentially all of that front three in in either scoring form or, or creating form, um, we're, we're looking really confident. We're looking really strong. I think um, having... Jones come into the side and Coyle come into the side and and us sort of not not miss a step just shows how how confident and how how strong our depth is, um, and, and I think it's sort of remarkable that we've managed to bring in these three signings and uh, you know I think I saw the comment in in one of the media pieces today that you know to to even to even make one signing at the moment in a pandemic is, is pretty difficult for a lot of sides and, and we've just managed to make three relatively effortlessly where you look at all three of them as arguably strengthening our squad. Um, 
and we already were sort of saying that we were one of the strongest, if not the strongest sides in the division. So, um, you know, as you sort of say with the five subs as well, it just means that um, you don't have as much risk of, of you know, whether it's a whether it's a Slater or whether it's a um, uh, uh, whoever it is, like an Emmanuel or someone who might get dropped to the bench, they'll still get the, you know, 30 minutes in a game that they otherwise might not have, might not have got. So, um, look, we're in a really strong position and, and I don't see why we can't go out there and beat Portsmouth in this one. Yeah, definitely. And uh, the depth has got to count for something as well. I mean, Portsmouth are clearly a team that should be up and thereabouts, but, you know, I still just have this gut feeling that they're not quite where they should be either. I don't think they've got the squad depth of maybe, say, well, of us. And so that means over time that we should be able to grind these results out. Yeah, yeah. Um, and look, a side that, that certainly is um, batting above their averages is um, Accrington Stanley, who we've obviously just faced this morning. And it's a very... Sh- so it's almost the shortest turnaround that um that I can remember having between two games, two league games with an opponent. Uh, you know, you'd almost have to have, um, you know, um, in the Premier League, I know sometimes they'll have the reverse fixtures a week or two after, but um, pretty rare, I think. Um, so interesting having them, you know, almost exactly a week after the, uh, the last game. And um, I think it's the next game in the season for them. So they'll actually be without their... Um, suspended player who was Burgess who got the the red card this morning. Um, I guess it's just more of the same you'd expect, really. Look, you would. I I would expect that their manager will probably see where they really fell down, um, which they did, uh, and obviously try and come up with some ways around that. So that'll obviously make it harder to... We're not just going to walk through, I think, like we did. Um, but I still believe as well that, as you, as you pointed out, there was a few changes in that side that hadn't played together at all, or if they had, been very limited um, in time together. And um, the result was what it was. So you can only expect that with another week or two on top of that, that formation and that feeling amongst that group will, will only get better. Yeah, definitely. And look, I mean, um, Accrington were one of the form sides in the division coming into that game this morning with us. So, um, you know, really great to see the result this morning and hopefully we can make it two from two against them. Um, it's going to be interesting to see how they go because like, I suppose they're more traditionally one of the smaller clubs in the division. So, um, look, it's great to see them doing well and up competing for promotion. Um, but hopefully it's a, another win for us next Wednesday morning. Definitely. Definitely. Um, okay, well, I think that's just about wraps it up. It's been um, a pretty positive, exciting week for City um, this week with a couple of signings and a win on the books this morning. Um, so thank you for, for being here to round that up with me. Awesome. Thanks for having me, mate. No worries. And uh, thank you, everyone, for listening in. I did notice we had um, up to about four or five live viewers at one point, which is pretty exciting. It's always great to get some live viewers and uh, some interaction in the chat. So if, you, if you're watching along live, if you're uh, watching on a replay afterwards, drop a comment what, what you thought of the um, Accrington game, you know, how over the moon you are that KLP signed on. Um, share the video around, you know, drop a like uh, and all that sort of thing. It's always great to get a bit of uh, support that way and, and, and get the word out there about the podcast, which is um, always appreciated. But until next time, come on, City. You've been listening to the official Hull City Australia podcast. 
For more discussion, join us on Facebook in the Hull City AFC Australian Supporters Group or follow us on Twitter at Hull City AFC Oz. The music was created by Amber and Black. There's no turning back cause you're out